Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. I want to continue on the theme of this message that I started last week called The Exchange Life, Part 2. And um, I am I'm gripped And I think I'm beginning to see that everything that we're blessed with, everything that we have in God, everything that, that in essence, that is important to us is all centered upon the cross. Everything, everything that we're blessed with goes through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. And and Paul was... Very focused on this, too. you got to remember, Paul, Paul basically had a Ph.D. in theology at the age of 21. He was a scholar. He, he, was a, um, he was an expert in the law. He knew every. He just knew it all. He was a brainy. But the reality is that even all that he understood, all that he knew about um, God... And he was a man that, after his conversion, was even given um, the understanding of the mysteries of God. I mean, he, could, he was taken up into heaven. God unfolded a lot of things to him. And he was able to reveal to us some mysteries that um, were being unfolded. But he says this, I have determined that not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Basically, what he's saying is that all my teaching and all my preaching and all my ministry, it all comes down to Jesus Christ and him crucified. And in that, he's saying that's the focal point of everything. Everything that I have, who I am. So, Basically, what I want to do today is I want to kind of unpack two more aspects of this great exchange that takes place at the cross. And I first want us to look at 2 Corinthians 8, 9, and then I want to look at 2 Corinthians 9, 8. So it's easy. You just flip the chapter, flip the verse, and you got both those two uh, verses. So first one is 2 Corinthians 8, 9. So... Let's read that together. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says this. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Now, it doesn't really take a scholar to see the exchange there. He became poor that we might become rich. You know, and, and I, I think just hearing that, he became poor that you might become rich. I think rich is a hard word for us to embrace as Christians. I think it's something that we're like, well, when we think of rich, we think of um, Elon Musk. We think of Bill Gates. We think of the riches, you know? And... And so it's kind of a hard word for us to embrace, I think. 
But there's another translation that says that he became poor that we might become wealthy or have wealth. And that might even be hard for some. But I like the translation from the Amplified Version that uses this word, that we are abundantly blessed. Doesn't that sound good? He became poor that we might become abundantly blessed. I like that. So now I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians 9, 8. We'll do a little switcheroo here, the chapter and the verse. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Now that is an amazing verse. I'm going to read that again. Do you guys think God is able? Do you think that he's able to make all grace abound in your life, which grace, just remember, I spoke on last week. Grace is a quality of God that enables you to produce something, to do something. It enables you to accomplish something. It is an amazing grace that is a gift from God. There's nothing that we can do to work up. But Paul says that God is able. So do you believe that? He's able to make all this grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, all sufficiency, and you may have an abundance for every good deed. Good deed. Going to Africa, I think that's a good deed. So God is able to do this, and we receive it through faith. So I want to point out to you two words there. There's sufficiency, and there's abundance. And we need to understand this is the level of God's provision. Let me give you a little example of understanding uh, this understanding of sufficiency. If you're going to go to the grocery store, and you need $100 worth of groceries but you go to the grocery store with only 80 bucks in your pocket that is an insufficiency you don't have enough but if you go to the grocery store with a hundred dollar need in food and trust me a hundred dollars doesn't get you a lot right now does it i mean come on I mean, you got five items in the bag. I just spent $100 on five items. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's crazy. So you go to the store with with $100 need in food, and you have $100 in your pocket. That is sufficiency, okay? Now I want to describe to you one step further. But this time you go to the store with $100 in your pocket, But you only need $50 to pay for your food. What is that? That's an abundance. You got 100 in your wallet, and you you only need 50 with groceries. So you're shopping out of an abundance. Abundance means this. I want you to remember this. Abundance means you have enough to watch over your needs and for others. 
That's what abundance is. Over your needs and for others. So, so I want to go back, if I can, uh, to Deuteronomy 28. You got the blessings and you got the curses. And it's an incredible chapter that's really a promise to us because you've got to remember that, that the Scripture says that Jesus became the curse that we might receive the blessings of Abraham. So he's able to neutralize the curse because he became the curse that we might receive the blessings of Abraham, which are in an abundance. So in the chapter with all the curses, in the middle of it, verses 47 and 48, uh, it really kind of zeroes in on what I call the poverty curse. And and I, I'm convinced that in this scripture, I, that poverty is a curse. You know, if it's not a curse, then why do we work so hard to get out of it? You know, poverty is not something that, you know, you know, you're to, you know, it just shows that you're walking in humility and you're in a, you're, you're a holy person because poverty is, it's scripturally, it's a curse. It's not a blessing. If it was a blessing, then why don't we pursue it? I mean, come on, think about it. So I believe it's scriptural uh, that this is a curse in the Bible, and it's something that I don't want. It's not something that I want to be, you know, in my own personal life. Because verse uh, Deuteronomy 28, verses 47 through 48 says this, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and a glad heart for the abundance of all things. So that's God's will, that we serve him with joy and gladness for all of the abundant things that he's blessed us with. So what's the alternative of that if we don't? Verse 48, therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, and in the lack of all things. That's a curse. It's hunger, thirst, nakedness, and in need of all things. So how would you sum that up? Thirst, nakedness, in need of all things. How would you sum that up? What is that? That's poverty. So, and, and I don't think there's anything greater that you cannot have greater poverty than being hungry, thirsty, naked, and in want of everything. So it is a curse and not a, a blessing. So when I, went, when, I, when I looked at that, the list of things that are listed in Deuteronomy, I saw every one of these applied to Jesus. He was hungry. He hadn't eaten for 24 hours. It says that he was thirsty. One of the last utterances that he said was, I'm thirsty. He also, he was naked. They had taken off all his clothes. He was stripped naked before all the world. And he was in need of all things. He owned precisely nothing at that moment on the cross. He was buried in a borrowed robe in a borrowed tomb. He was hungry, 
thirsty, naked, and in need of all things. Why? Why was he that way? Because he exhausted the poverty curse. He took it all. He exhausted it all so that you do not have to walk in poverty, but in the blessings of Abraham. You've got to understand this. Poverty is not your friend. And in that, God wants you, this isn't a wealth and health sermon. This is about walking in the abundant blessings of God. That you might have all of your needs taken care of, and then some that you might help others. That's what's living the abundant life in Jesus. So the the poverty curse was exhausted when Jesus died on the cross. You know, there are some that go through life, and it's almost like you feel like you never have enough. It's almost like, why can't we ever save money? Why do everything break? Why do I feel like I got holes in my pocket? Well, there can actually be something that's dogging you that's actually been paid for on the cross, and it's poverty. And it can be broken off of you because he exhausted it, that you might have an abundance. See, abundance means you have enough for yourself and something else to give away to others. You know, really, Jesus says, what he say? It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. You know, he doesn't want you to live merely on this lower level of blessing, always just receiving. He wants you to have such an abundance that you're able to give away and bless others. It is such a joy to bless others in need and that are wanting or in a hurting in a situation. So I believe the scripture in the New Testament indicates, you know, it's, it's, he's not wanting to, to give you a million dollar home. He doesn't want you to drive around in a Lamborghini. Uh, but I do believe that all Christians should enjoy abundance because our God is an abundant God and he may supply and give you the grace to meet in an abundance all of your needs. So in that, you might, he might, you might be amply supplied to do the work that God has called you to. You know, all of you here have a work to do in God. All of you have been called with a purpose. And there needs to be an abundant provision to step out and do what God has called you to do. And in that, you are fulfilling your own very destiny and purpose in God. So in that, you know, a lot of people think that Jesus was poor during his earthly ministry. Mm-mm. He might not have had a lot of cash on hand, but anybody that can feed 5,000 out of nothing is a rich person. I'm telling you. I mean, listen, if he needed taxes, he didn't go to the bank and, and draw from his savings account. What did he do? He said, Peter, go fish. Go fishing. And he caught a fish, and he, he took the coin out of his mouth, and he paid the tax man. I mean, Jesus, I mean, listen, I love what Derek Prince says. You know, uh, he says, he might not have carried a lot of cash, but he always uses father's credit card. 
and it was honored wherever he went. So, you know, he's, remember when he sent out his disciples in twos? And he, at the Last Supper, at the Last Supper, he said, hey, boys, you know, he said, uh, you know, when I sent you guys out, you know, with no purse, no bag, no staff, no nothing, did you lack anything? What did they say? Nothing. They had no purse. They had no bag. They had nothing. And he said, did you lack anything? No. He took care of them. So it isn't a question exactly of how much you have in the bank. It's really a question of your relationship with the Lord and is God's abundant blessing flowing in your life. Understanding this exchange on the cross really can change the whole course of your life. So if you want to receive the blessings of Abraham and come out from under the curse of poverty, I want you to remember these words with me. Jesus endured my poverty that I might share his abundance. That's the great exchange. And this takes place at the cross. But you have to receive this by faith. God wants to bless you abundantly. And that is a good thing to say. And so in that, we believe it, we receive it, and we walk it out. And we see the miracles of God all through our lives. Now I want to talk about another great exchange at the cross that Jesus endured. And it really goes in line with, and I'm sitting there thinking, Lord, you are so good. Here we're, we're talking about, you know, letting go of the pain and the disappointment and the heartache in our lives in this last year to enter in through the open door into the new year. Hallelujah. I'm like, come on, Jesus. And this is exactly a great exchange that's taken place at the cross for you and me. So let's look at Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 5. Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 5. It says this. I'm reading now the NIV. He was despised and rejected by mankind. You know, rejection and feeling despised and forsaken can bring a lot of pain to one's heart. Has anybody been hurt by rejection? You know how it feels. It's painful. It deep in your heart, there's pain. It says he was despised and rejected by mankind. And we're talking about the ones that he actually formed before the foundation of the world. Scripture says he came into his own and his own did not know him. And so in that, he is rejected by mankind. It says a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely Verse 4, this is key. Surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. 
So I want to declare to you today that Jesus took the stripes on his back. He was crushed for your iniquity. He took the pain so that you might be healed of your pain. That's a great exchange. He says, I'm going to take the pain that's in your heart, and I'm going to die for it so that you might have what's in me, and that's peace, that's healing, that's joy. This is an incredible exchange that takes place at the cross is he took your pain so that you can be released from it. Let go of it, because he took it. If he took it, that means you don't have it. You let go of it, and you're able to be healed and enter in through the open door in this new season of your life. Wouldn't it be nice? I'm just going to ask you a question. Would that not be nice to be healed of all the pain that's inside your heart right now? You know, many have experienced much pain in your families. You've experienced much pain in your relationships. You've experienced much pain in the church. It's hard to say that, but a lot of wounding happens in the church. You might have experienced much pain through loss. You've experienced much pain through rejection. You know, pain is really something that we cannot avoid in this life. But you have an opportunity today to let go of the pain. To let go of the pain of the past and enter into the new. How can we do this? Because he bore the pain in his body on the cross and died. He paid for it with his own blood. And in that, you're able to receive the healing. It says that he was crushed for your iniquities. The very interior of Jesus was absolutely crushed on the inside that you might receive healing. You know, the story of Joseph is, is familiar to all of us. Joseph, he was hated by his brothers, sold into Egypt as a slave. He was arrested for a crime he did not commit. He was abandoned from his family. He was abandoned from his father. And then he's exalted to become the second ruler of the land. But he was carrying much pain in his heart through this whole journey of what he was going through due to his brother's cruel treatment of him. You got to remember, he had an incredible vision in a dream. And in that dream, he saw himself being a leader. He saw himself, his brothers bowing before him. He saw the world bowing before him. And in that, his brothers wanted to kill him. They sold him into slavery, put him in a pit. He goes to Egypt, is a slave in Egypt, 
And then he's all, all of a sudden, he's, he's basically uh, uh, told that he committed a crime that he never committed. And then he's put in prison. And then he's forgotten in prison. The guy went through a lot of pain in his heart. You want to see how much pain? I want to read this to you. This will let you see the depths of his pain that was inside his heart. Genesis 45, 1 through 3 says this. It says, then Joseph could no longer control himself before all of his attendants. And he cried out, send everybody away from me. His brothers had just entered into the room. All of his brothers, the ones that wanted to kill him, the ones that sold him into slavery, the ones that hurt him. They're standing before him. He could not hold it back anymore. He tells all of his attendants, get out of here. So it's just him and his brothers. So at this moment, so none of them were with Joseph. So no one was there when he made himself known to his brothers. But before he could make himself known to his brothers, verse, it says this. But he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him outside. The Egyptians. He wept so loudly that everyone outside of the palace could hear him. And Pharaoh's household soon heard of it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph, the one that you killed, the one that you wanted to kill. The one that you threw in a pit. All that. I'm your brother. And he said, is my father still alive? His heart was so broken that he, that he, because he left his dad. He didn't think he would ever see his dad again. And during those years of separation from his family, Joseph married. And his wife gave birth to two sons, whom he named Manasseh and Ephraim. A beautiful thing about Manasseh and Ephraim is that this is a blessing, actually, that Hebrews pray over their children. When they go through bar mitzvah or bar mitzvah at the age of 12 and 13, which is a threshold crossing over into adulthood, they bless them with the blessing of Manasseh and Ephraim. But actually, they say Ephraim first and then Manasseh, and there's a reason for that. Even though Manasseh is the older, they bless him with the blessing of Ephraim and Manasseh. And I want you guys to understand what Manasseh means. Do you know what Manasseh means? Forgetting. Forgetting. Forgetting the pain. You know, Siri loves my sermons. I'll tell you, she just keeps... All right. Manasseh means forgetting, and Ephraim means fruitful. So why did Joseph choose those two names? What does that mean to us today? How can this have applied to us today? Because, you know, naming the children is a big deal. I mean, I, I know parents that grapple with trying to figure out, oh, come on, we got to figure out the name of this kid. You know, a lot of times, you know, you have the, the grandparents like, oh, they carry on the tradition of the family name, you know. I mean, trying to pick a name is a big deal. You know, you just don't go, uh, that one, you know. I mean, you really put time into it. So, and it can create some problems, you know? I mean, but, but when Joseph was in Egypt, he's the second ruler of the land. 
Two sons were born to him and his wife, and he named them Manasseh and Ephraim. And the reason for these names is given in Genesis 41, verse 51. Let me read this to you. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. God has made me to forget. It's a grace gift to, to Joseph to forget all what his brothers did to him. And I, I love this because then he says the second name is Ephraim. For he said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. So Ephraim means fruitful. Manasseh means forgetting. You know, there's some practical things to these two names that can apply to us today. Let's just begin with Manasseh, which means forgetting. What did Joseph forget? The toil, the pain that he endured, and the harsh treatment in his father's house He didn't mull over, chew on, just keep getting bitter over what his brothers did to him. Nor did he think about the sorrows he endured as a slave in Egypt. Whenever any of these painful thoughts came to his mind, he would say, Manasseh. And then when he would look at his son, Manasseh, I forget it. You know, he's playing ball with his son. Hey, Manasseh, let's go play ball. Forget the past. (laughs) He's at the dinner table. He's blessing his children that day. Manasseh, I get to forget the past. (laughs) Some of you need to forget your past. I need to start hearing... Think about something. And then all of a sudden say, Manasseh! You need to give give yourself permission to say, Manasseh! You know, some of us think, well, if I forget it, then I'm letting that situation or that person's getting off scot-free. No. You're the one that's stuck. They're not being troubled by what's going on. Let go of it and say, Manasseh! Manasseh, forget it. Keep, stop nursing it. Let it go. If you're having a bad memory, just say, oh, Manasseh. So, you know, I mean, the Apostle Paul even admonished and encouraged us to forget those things which are behind Past failures, past burdens, past heartaches and defeats. You know, what's tragic is when we harbor these pains down deep within and we let them begin to poison the interior of our lives. Let go of it. I am so excited today. There's a lot of Manasseh that's going to go on in this boy's life. I'm telling you, I'm going to start... You know, thinking about so many things. I mean, there's chapters in my life I, I just would like to have ripped out, right? You know, I wish I hadn't have done that. Well, just say, Manasseh! You know, just forget it! 
And this is a grace gift from God. You know, but you know, actually, I think he named his son Manasseh because he needed to be reminded on a regular basis that it's okay for him to forget it. Because you remember what the scripture says, God made him, God made him able to forget. So it's God that's given you the grace and the opportunity to forget the past pain. But there's also another lesson here. When we're going through affliction, that's when you're the most fruitful. I don't know how it works. But Ephraim means being fruitful in the land that you toil. It's it's like if life has given you lemons, make some lemonade. I don't know. It's like it's like it's allowing you to be fruitful in the land that you've been planted in that God has given you. And so if any of you are going through some affliction or challenges right now, physical pain, emotional pain, perhaps even spiritual pain from the enemy, you wonder why God has sometimes permitted this or allowed this. Think of how Joseph suffered. I mean, think about it. He was misunderstood. His brothers hated him. They wanted to kill him. But then they sold him as a slave, a slave in Egypt, and he became the head of Potiphar's house. Then he was arrested for a crime he didn't commit. And then he sent into prison. And all this time he's wondering, God, are you, is this promise that you told me, is this ever going to be fulfilled? Yes. God's people, we go through affliction, and it's a normal part of life. But your affliction, your pain, can become the most fruitful part of your life. You know, you might even think, you know what? This land that we're living in in Asheville right now, how can I be fruitful in Asheville? I'm like, oh, my gosh. I mean, really, come on. You know, there's an old saying that, that, uh, that is kind of common around pastors in Asheville. It's a graveyard of churches. You know, it's kind of like churches try to start up and then they fade away. Woo, what happened there? Well, heartache, pain. But the, re- the reality is that that's not in God's economy. God says you could be fruitful even in the most difficult of situations. So God can say, if you're going through a challenging season right now, you can also cry out, Ephraim, come on, Ephraim, bring out the abundance. Let the fruit come. I'm going to see some fruit in this thing. I'm going to see something that's fruitful that's going to come out of this. And that's incredible because Ephraim means God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. So I don't know what pain you've experienced, what you're going through. God can make it fruitful and give you the grace to also cry out Manasseh. Manasseh and Ephraim. Manasseh, Manasseh, whatever. So just let go of the pain. Let go of it. Be healed of it. Step into the newness and receive the fruit. I mean, that's, I mean, I am just so grateful for God that we have new beginnings in him every day. New beginnings. This is a new day. 
for the church. This is a new day for you. And everything that I've said, you have to embrace it by faith. It's how God works. God works on the channel of faith. To receive it, you got to believe it. So today, some of you might need to let go of the pain of the past, be healed of it, and then say, Manasseh, I forget this puppy. No more. Let it go. Let it go. I don't know why we keep holding on to pain, but pain is not your friend. And pain is so serious that Jesus bore your pain on the cross so that you can be healed of it. That's the great exchange. And I'm so grateful for Jesus because when we read the scriptures, it says that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted and to bind up all your wounds, to bind up all your pain. Isn't that good news? Your heart is so important to the Lord. For your heart, all the issues of life flow from the heart. When the heart is healthy and happy in Jesus, things are going well. But when the heart is sick with pain and hurt and disappointment, you become downcast. You become heavy. And so today, this is a grace gift from the Lord. I think my, one of my favorite words for this new year that I'm going to carry as a remembrance unto the Lord is Manasseh. Manasseh. Has there has anything happened in the last 10 years that you'd just like to say Manasseh to? Five years? Last two years? Last year? Manasseh. And Rochelle, last week. <laughs> last week. Yeah. There's abundant grace available for each of us today to really let go. To let go. And um, I want everybody to go through this open door that's before the church right now and enter it into the glorious things that He has for each of us. So, would you all stand with me? I, I want to ask the Holy Spirit to do what only He can do, and that is um, maybe bring something to your, bring something to your mind of a pain in this past year or a pain that's even longer than that, whatever the pain is. But I just want you to stand before the Lord. And I just want us to, to wait on Him. And I want the Holy Spirit to maybe, if there's something of a disappointment, of a discouragement, or, or just a heartache, something that you've experienced in life that um, He brings to your mind, 
When the Holy Spirit brings it to your mind, I want you to begin to declare to the Lord, Manasseh. I want you to begin to say, Manasseh, I choose to forget the pain of my past. I choose to forgive and let go. I choose to be healed. And I choose to walk into this new day. So Holy Spirit, I'm asking now that you would illuminate and bring to everyone's mind of any pain of the past, any disappointment, any lost hope, discouragement, anything that is making us feel as if we are continually tormented by these thoughts. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would bring it to everyone's mind as we stand before an open door today, which is a new beginning, a new opportunity. And Lord, I'm asking today that there would be people in this room that could look at the pain of the past and, be, and receive the grace gift of God, that you're giving us. And that is that we have a wonderful name called Manasseh. His name is Jesus. And he's letting us, helping us to let go. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for Manasseh. I thank you for Ephraim. Jesus, we thank you that you're the one that helps us let go. We thank you that you're the one that helps us to walk into this new season, this new opportunity in you. So God, today I pray that you would cut people free. Cut people free, Lord Jesus, from the past. And receive your healing, your refreshment, to forget it. And declare, I'm going to be fruitful. I'm going to be a fruitful believer in Jesus. And I thank you, God, for the miracle that's taking place in people's hearts today. I thank you, Jesus, that what you bore on the cross gives us the opportunity today to have a heart of gratitude. And we thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us. And we worship you and praise you. And we thank you.